This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We got a very special motherfucking ah. guest today. One of the funniest motherfuckers ah. on the internet till this father- motherfucking day, you stupid, <laughs> smelly sons of bitches. It's Kev on motherfucking stage. <laughs> you cuss so fluently and freely. I, I love, you know why I started cursing a lot when I was younger? It was actually a way for me to cope with uh, punching things. So I used to get so angry when I was younger. I used to get in a lot of fist fights. Really? I used to punch shit a lot. So this, these two, if you look at these two knuckles right here, these oh, knuckles yeah. are just gone. They're just down here because oh, I used to, snap. I had a really bad anger problem when I was a kid. Yeah. So instead of getting angry, getting into fist fights and punching people, I just decided to curse and just verbally let it out. And is that, was that relaxing and therapeutic? Yes, it's very therapeutic. <laughs> I love it. Now it's just a part of my vernacular, which I'm trying to get rid of it a little bit, but it's, it's, it's hard. Oh man. It's you know? so you though. It is. And that's the funny thing with like the YouTube, uh, monetization thing it gets me hard because i curse a lot yeah and arguably there's a lot of people who put up worse content than i do absolutely yeah youtube bro youtube hates <laughs> so much my comments have been off on my channel for like seven months now what because that whole pedophile thing you remember that yeah 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 so that whole pedophile ring i used to have my kids on my channel a lot so apparently like my channel got flagged like pedophile. I don't know what it was. Maybe my kids swimming or something like that. But they would put like the number where kids had their shirt off or were dancing suggestively or whatever. And they would make playlists. So for whatever reason, my channel got flagged like, hey, this guy be having kids in his videos. So YouTube turned off every comment on all my videos moving what? forward. So for the last since like February and I fought back with them and stuff. And they were just like, nah, man. So I'm like, hit up YouTube creators to top people. YouTube was trying to book me. I'm like, bro, y'all trying to book me? I, I can't even get my comments on. So it was like killing my channel. So I had to start a whole new YouTube channel and start from scratch because people were like, bro, I want to comment. Yeah, people. Like, it's part of the whole experience yeah. to comment. Like some of the videos I click on and as I'm listening, I read the comments, see what people are saying. So I'm just like, bro, YouTube, y'all don't really care about creators at all it's it's once it became a business model yeah that's when the creator aspect of it started to disappear right yep. because yep. at the end of the day when you look at people who have arguably a lot worse content than us and yes. they get a pass it's because their view count is so high logan paul look at him they a lot of this stuff started from that suicide force video yeah. they want to make sure they could still advertise him mm -hmm. even if they had to pun punish the rest of the community yeah so because i was ah, I, I, that whole thing is infuriating man that boy, makes like, so, that boy makes so much money man like I, it's, it's weird because i think for somebody like that he got he has a god complex and i'm not giving him a pass or anything yeah but when you don't know any better it's like that whole justin bieber effect right yeah. everybody is a yes man around him yes he doesn't know any better like no. that kid bieber i remember when i saw this video it was him playing ball right right i think he lightweight crossed somebody up and he went ooh to the camera i was like number one <laughs> relax 
Number two, that shit wasn't dope. And number three, you're not black. So relax. Just because like Usher co-signed you doesn't make you black. Right. Fucking relax, right. kid. Right. It's because nobody smacked him before. Yes. And that's what happened. Yes. He grew up getting slapped across his face. Yes. And the bigger you are, the less likely people are to tell you anything that might put them in a position to lose that relationship with you. Oh, for sure. That's what happened to R. Kelly. It's like, bro... <laughs> He can't even book tickets because he can't read. <laughs> people are like, I know this is illegal, but I got to get paid. That documentary, I always say it's 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 not even really about him. It's about everybody else that knew he was fucking up and they just gave him a pass. People are not trying to mess up their check. Yeah. Like if I if this cost me my own job, bro, do what you do. He would patrol around elementary schools. Oh, bro. <laughs> It was terrible. I've never laughed. So that's why I say it's like, who are you first? Are you a human first or are you a comic first? Because I laughed throughout that whole thing and I was in tears laughing because they just had like the most dramatic scenes of him walking next to an elementary school, like in black and white. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. This is a Dave Chappelle sketch. This is a Dave Chappelle sketch, but it's real life. Right. This is the real apps. And people still defended him. So like right now, like his fans bailed him out of jail a hundred grand. For me to get arrested like three weeks later. Now you're out of $100,000. Bailed out by his fans? Yes. A fan of his who was like a lawyer in another (gasps) state put up a hundred grand to bail him out and he got arrested on another set of charges like three weeks after that. Oh my God. That's crazy. People just don't care, man. His uh, interview with Gail King was the one that did him (sighs) in, though. (laughs) That that thing did him in. I don't know how to hog tie people. What would a hog tie? I was like, this is just gold. You might as well just say you did it at this Uh, point. When he, the funniest part, he's like, you know what my problem is, Gail? She's like, what? He was like, I got such a big heart. I got a big heart and people keep taking advantage of me. I was like, you really believe that is your problem? That you have a big heart and people take advantage of you? No, it's that not man your big is heart. Clinically it's insane. your fucking big dick that goes in the kids, you little fucking rapist. That's <laughs> what it is. That's your problem. That is your real problem, not that, your big heart. That motherfucker was crazy. It's, it's crazy because you can't really get a pass on anything nowadays. Not that no. he should. I'm just saying yeah, that yeah, yeah. if you have done something terrible in your life, it's going to come to light. Absolutely. It's just imp- people... People can find anything. Man, listen. <laughs> they, they, I, people be finding old tweets when they're mad because I pissed off a whole bunch of Taylor Swift fans mm-hmm. like a week or so ago. Oh, what'd you say? I just so somebody tweeted one of her fans was like, "Man, she looks mixed here." Taylor Swift looks. Who? Taylor Swift and a picture of Taylor Swift, and I'm like, I mean, come on, like she looked milk. I, I was making all these jokes like she's mixed with ninety percent milk and ten percent milk. <laughs> And Greek yogurt and cottage cheese. Like, what is Taylor Swift mixed with? But Wait, what, rice is, and what snow? did she say she looked mixed with? Black. Like, it was, black? They, didn't, they didn't say, but it was like hinted that she looked black because it was kind of like a dark filter or whatever. So I'm assuming it meant black, but it wasn't even matter what the race was. She looked like notebook paper and of printer course. paper. So her fans got mad at me and they were like, he'd been tweeting her for clout forever. And they found a video I did of her like oh, shut 2016. Like, so three years ago, and I had totally forgot I made this video completely because yeah. I make a video like literally every day. Yeah. And I was completely forgot I made this video. I was like, y'all really tweeted Kev on stage, Taylor Swift, and searched to see how often I talk about her. People And all these people, their profile picture was her. Every tweet was about her. Like when she released the music, how they feel about this song, this interview she did. People, I'm not like, y'all really need to do something else you with your time. You need to do yourself a favor and step in front of the car, you stupid <laughs> sons of bitches. How about that? Let me tell you this. Taylor Swift don't give a fuck about oh you. Oh, my God. Taylor Swift doesn't give a fuck about you. You think that if you pray to her fucking altar, she's going to come down someday and give you a fucking hand in anything in your life? Let me tell you something here, you stupid sons of bitches. Nobody gives a fuck about you. How about that? 
know what the crazy thing is, Kev, is you're a somebody. That's why people care. <laughs> you what, are so aggressive. If I, if, I, if I said that shit, nobody gives a fuck. Right. Like, and no. you, you think like Taylor Swift even cares? Like she doesn't. Absolutely. And it's not, not like you're making fun of Taylor Swift. You're making fun of the people that thought she's mixed. Exactly. So I was like, what are you defending? Yeah. Are you arguing that she does, in fact, look mixed? That's not, that couldn't be true. Yeah. So it's just like, people. the internet is crazy, though. What are you going to do? She looks white as fuck, though. Bruh, there, there's like no other celebrity that looks more white than her. <laughs> like, she is the poster child for a white woman. Like, fam, don't... This is Taylor She's Swift. like on a bag of Iron Kids fucking... Her name is Taylor. <laughs> that is the whitest name. Like, stop. She's white. Yo, who started that shit? That's fucking unreal. I don't know, man. Somebody I look mixed Twitter. too then, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Fuck it. I look I look real mixed. I'm a six foot Asian. Guess I'm 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 mixed with a little black too then. Fuck that. Everybody just wanna be black nowadays. It's Man, the cool thing to do, huh? It's the cool thing to do until the police pull up. You know, that's you know, it's funny because uh, Twitter always got some crazy shit popping yes. off. And I think uh there was something not too long ago where uh Diddy was talking about um it was a weird comment because I didn't know how to feel about it because Diddy was putting up a video of these kids kind of dancing to like hip hop music, right? Yeah, There's yeah. a bunch of white kids and right. he goes he doesn't like the fact that white kids are appropriating black culture. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay, I, I can kind of see that, right? Yeah. And then I saw another flip where somebody responded to him. They go, that's funny that you say that you don't like that uh, these white kids are appropriating black culture, but you are the ones selling it to them that they should do it. So because you're profiting off of them, they're spending the most money on you. Absolutely. So you're the source of it. So who, who are you to say anything? Yes. I, was like, oh, I shit. get that. Because without, without white people buying music and going to concerts rappers wouldn't be as rich as they are Mm. white people suburbs suburban kids they were buying music merch ticket prices like all that stuff like they consume if not more than than black people a lot of times and there's also much more white people in america so you you're right that is your customer base but i feel like the thing that as a black person the thing that's like frustrating is like people get to uh, do all the black stuff, mm. like participate in everything that black people create, and m- often monetize it more than black people can. Yeah, and they never they never reap any of the negative benefits. Yeah, so like Hot Girl Summer, for example, like mm-hmm. Megan The Stallion coined that term, Hot Girl Summer. She's black, beautiful black woman from Houston. White makeup brands are like, are you ready to have a Hot Girl Summer? They don't uh, know who Megan The Stallion is. They're just yeah. profiting off of something she created. She's never going to see a dime from any of that. And, you know, two months from now, they're not going to, you know, even be using that term anymore. So she created something. People profit off it. Don't give anything to her. And they move on. That's happened to black people over and over and over. Yeah. So it's just be like, bro, y'all don't ever have to deal with none of this stuff. But it's cool to to mm-hmm. to engage in what we help create. So it's kind of like a. No, that makes, that makes a. That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like how Asian people feel about kind of our food, right? So, for yeah. example, when I was a kid, and if I had to bring Asian people food, right? Let's say I brought something basic like fucking noodles or chow mein, right? Yeah. Like white people got their spaghetti and shit. But if I brought chow mein, it's like, oh, you're eating fucking worms. But now yeah. you see a lot of white chefs, they come up and they go, this is how you should eat the food. This is not how I feel, but this is how a lot of Asian people feel. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, so you, it's cool now because you do it. Yes. You know, but I, when I did it, I got made fun of for it, right? Absolutely. Same thing with like how when uh, dreads were really popular. With white people, they started coming out with the dread thing, and it's yeah. like, wait, wasn't that supposed to be dirty people hair, like yes, you said? Exactly. You know? But once white people get attached to it, it's cool, it's safe. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's what's frustrating for minorities all all over. I remember I was watching this dude with Gordon, uh, the dude from Hell's Kitchen. He was trying to tell some Asian dude how to make noodles, and the dude was like, "Bro, this is trash." <laughs> 
Like the Asian dude <laughs> didn't care who he was. Gordon Ramsay, dude was like, "This is the worst looking noodles I've ever." Like you shouldn't even be cooking me. You shouldn't even say you're a chef. This is so. But he's like, "No, I had to put a spin on it." Like, bro, nah. Like, take the shit out of my fucking yes, face, dude. This is the worst. And this, like you were saying, this is like a basic thing. Like you shouldn't even be cooking this food if you can't master this. Yeah. You don't try the other stuff. And it was just so funny because I bet white people be like, "Oh, we really be doing this." Yeah. Like, I put up this tweet that people really fuck with. It was uh, when Gordon Ramsay was putting up this recipe for the best tacos ever. I was like, "Listen, you're British." ass get the fuck taco bro dog there's people in the united states that can't do tacos well right. unless they're from california and they're mexican yes. so i don't know what the fuck you're talking about dude your taco was whack <laughs> with a capital h whack and i love gordon Ramsay too yeah, by the way yeah, 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 i fucking yeah. love gordon Ramsay. this is weird phase too where people are going i don't know how i feel about this and i want to you know your opinion on this yeah like i always find fucking uh white guilt the funniest thing to me because it's, it's the best. <laughs> I know I know somebody <laughs> that posts every other uh, Insta story post is about how white people should repent for their sins, and he's like the whitest motherfucker I ever met in my life. <laughs> and he's quoting like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, everybody. Yeah. And he's trying to make white people feel as bad as possible for being white. And for me, when I see that, I'm just like, man, you're doing too much, bro. <laughs> like I understand you want to be on this side over here, but you ain't. You gotta oh. hate yourself. <laughs> He hates his skin. Like, I think he hates himself. Like, he wakes up and he's like, fuck you. You know? <laughs> the mirror? Yeah, he just looks at himself in the mirror. He goes, fuck you and your pale ass skin, dude. You and your white privilege. And then he goes and starts whipping himself, like, in his bathroom and shit. Like, I'll, I'll show you his post after. Oh, he's a that's... really cool dude. I love the dude a lot. But I started looking at his post. So I was like, damn, bro, you really hate being white, man. Right. Like, fuck. Like, what's going and on? I don't think as black people, we're not asking that. Yeah. Right? Like, I think a lot of times all we want is like the mere acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, just all you don't have to. Obviously, you, you know, he's like, I didn't own slaves. Obviously, you you personally didn't own slaves mm -hmm. and maybe your family didn't either. But that doesn't mean you don't reap the benefit yeah. of 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 white people. Like, I think like I was talking about this. This is a really interesting example. You're familiar with Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. OK, so it's a motorcycle show. If you guys don't know about it, motorcycle show about white bikers and they commit crimes, and do all this stuff. Right. So I remember like after the show went off, I was driving up the four or five and I saw like a group of bikers. I'm like, man, they're probably finna go sell some drugs or guns. And I was like, dang, why would I think that? Like, I don't know these guys. Yeah. And I realized the media is the reason I thought that because I watched that show. Now take that to black people. And how many times on the news you've seen black drug dealers and black people parade across your screen and, and they're thugs all the way back to slavery. Like they want to rape, rape our white women. That's what these black people want to do. When in fact it was really white slave masters who were raping black women, but they flipped it around mm. and made people scared of black people. So now you have that bias that you don't even realize You've been internalizing your whole life. If you're not black, you're like, man, them people are probably scared. So even black people, sometimes you, you see black people coming with the hoodie. And you're like, oh, let me lock my door. Yeah. Because so many times you're afraid of big black guy in a hoodie. He's menacing like that stuff happens to me all the time. We're in stores. People follow us around and all that type of stuff. And you realize like part of that isn't you personally, but it's you uh, being a part of society and society is painting black people, especially black men, one way all the time. You internalize that and there's people big, don't even realize that. There's a huge example of that where I talked about it earlier in the podcast is when I first started. Uh, my best friend, <clears throat> he's Rwandan, big old black dude, six foot one. Mm -hmm. uh, we took this picture in a bar, right? And yeah. It was me. It was uh, his cousins, right? So Dahiro, Katego, Gabo, and me. And then one of his other buddies, was a, he's a neurosurgeon. Mm -hmm. And we just took a picture because I haven't seen these guys in a minute. And they're like family. Like we right. grew up together in Sacramento. Yeah. We took a big photo and then... You know, one of the top comments was David's trying to get his his hood card, and I'm like, hood card. Right. I was like, 
His these two dudes. His mom is the uh, ambassador for Rwanda. He's a doctor, and that's a neurosurgeon. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. They're like, but they're black though, so yeah. they, they're, they're probably from the hood. And nothing about what they were wearing said yep. anything about hood shit. Yep. And it kind of clicked in my head. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to be on some woke shit, but for me, I'm like, I'm in that group of picture. I'm the piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Were you the content creator? Yeah, I'm oh, a clown. Wow. You're a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah, the fucking doctor and a neurosurgeon. <laughs> So I'm I'm standing here like damn I don't deserve to be in this photo. Yeah. But when you see that I guess image wise, uh, if I guess for people who didn't grow up around black people, it's more like that's the the stuff that they're fed. Absolutely. So for them, what they see is oh he's trying to he's trying to up his hood card. Absolutely. I was like, hood card. These are fucking physicians. Absolutely, man. But you wouldn't think that. Yeah. That's not the first thing you think. It's funny because we tour as comedians, me, Tony, Doughboy, and Tahir, mm-hmm. right? So people, I can't even tell you how many times white people would see us in the airport or restaurant and be like, oh, are you guys football players? <laughs> like, do we look like professional? Like, I, look at my body. Do I look like a professional athlete? Are you guys in the NBA? The NBA, no boy is 300 pounds. What about us looks like we are professional athletes? We can't figure it out. They're like, man, what funny. are you guys doing on the plane? And I, so I'm diamond on Delta. So I'm always in first class. Why do yeah. you be like, this is the first class line? Yes. It I is. know that's why I'm standing in it. Yeah. Because I'm flying first class and yeah. I'm diamond or I get on at this time. Like, oh, well, I didn't know because you just assume that you shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about white people. Like, people are like, all white people are racist. That's not true. Yeah. Right. But what happens is a lot of people are okay with you doing whatever you do as long as it makes sense that you should be doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can fly on the plane, but you shouldn't be in first class. Yeah. That's where it's you. But, it, and it usually is. Mostly white people. Yeah. So when people are doing stuff out of the ordinary, that's when it feels weird. Mm. The whole Trayvon Martin thing is like, well, that you, why are you walking with a hoodie in this neighborhood? You don't belong here. And mm. that's what it is. It's, it's, it's the white people feel. There's this whole article that was going viral. Like, have you ever, the title is, have you ever noticed white people never move out of your way? Like yeah. on the street. And it was like, all these people were like, yeah, like, it's like, I should, I belong here and I'm going to walk. And if you were in my way, then you should move. And a lot of this stuff is subconscious because, you know, to be white is to feel like yep. you belong here and people should move out of your way. Uh, <laughs> my friend told me that the, the annoying thing about me, he goes, you know what the most, this is when I was in Sacramento. He yeah. goes, Whenever you see a white person on the sidewalk, he goes, you purposely don't move out their way. Right. You don't? I don't. Because <laughs> of that shit. Yeah, they Because I always had to move out of their way. Yes. That's so fucking funny you said that. Yes. I just had that conversation last yeah. week. He goes, he goes, I know for a fact when we walk on a sidewalk, <laughs> we're not the ones moving out the way because you refuse. I was like, exactly. I refuse. Right. Because why do I got to always do it? Why? And yeah. people, we, we well, well, go ahead. And we think it's polite. Yeah. But you're kind of trained to like, well, you know, let me just get out the way. And a lot of times, and it's fine if everybody does that. Mm-hmm. But this group of people, they don't seem to play by those rules as much as everybody else does. Yeah. And they don't even realize it. A lot of times they're like, I didn't even know. Like, yeah. minorities, we be knowing white people better than they know themselves. <laughs> and that's why I hate the whole, like, go back to your country thing yeah. that people say to minorities. Because I feel like minorities love America more because we see it for what it really is. Yeah. It's not the same for everybody else. So the fact that we love it and we criticize it, it comes from a place of love, not we want to leave. And man, you brought us here. We was in Africa <laughs> chilling. You stole us and brought us and now tell us to go back. You should have left us here. We would have been fine. We was in Africa chilling. We had our own religion and dances and freaking Egypt. You saw what we did? Leave us alone. It's, it's kind of crazy. I can't go back. I've never been there. <laughs> go back to your country. It's like they don't want us there either. <laughs> right. 
They don't. Fucking African people hate black people. Bruh, for real though. People African, don't know that shit. No, they do not rock with African Americans. Look at these lazy motherfuckers. Exactly. Yeah, they over here in this country, they think that they could do whatever they want. Exactly. That's They're right. not playing around with yeah. us. Yeah, so because where are we supposed to go? I had this conversation with my friend Amina and she was telling me like when she first came here, like she heard a lot of stuff about um, kind of the stereotypes with black people, right? Yeah. And maybe for her and maybe it's because her parents fed her that stuff too. She goes... Yeah, I don't understand what the big deal, but they don't know about systematic, like systemic, uh, like oppression and stuff yep, like that. Yep. But they just see a lazy person, right. and they go, "Well, because African people, from what I've heard from African friends of mine, they yeah. go, they consider themselves immigrants, not black people. Right. Like we're immigrants, yes, you know, and we have that immigrant hustle mentality. Absolutely, and a lot of times they do yeah. because when you come from another country to America, you've left everything behind. Like yeah. I, I gotta make it, and that hustle is not on there. We were talking about this off camera, like people who come to LA to make it often work harder than people who are born and raised in L.A. because they can always go into mom's house or their cousin stuff. If you ain't from here, it's either make it or you got to go back home. Yeah. And a lot of times, you can, like when I moved here, I had uh, rented my house out in Washington. My parents lived in North Carolina, full house. Like it's either make it here or no plan B. Mm-hmm. Like you got to make it. So that hustle mentality is even two or three times or ten times harder if you're an immigrant like you gotta hustle because i'm not going back there like you're gonna make it and my kids gonna make it and y'all better be a doctor lawyer engineer yeah nothing in between i always said this too african people are so fucking similar to asian people it's unreal yes. dude. the way they beat their kids yeah negative reinforcement yeah <laughs> man like i be feeling and i got my mom with me but she believed in me yeah like asian parents and african parents like do y'all love y'all children dude, like you can never be good enough people will be so surprised man like i tell these stories i remember when i went to college and we we were sharing like family stories, right? right? And mind you, I grew up around mainly black and Asian people. Yeah. And so when we would share stories of our family, they'd be like, yeah, like my parents, when they get upset, they would send me to my room. I was like, to do what? They're like, send me to my room. I'm like, for what? Like, for what? Like, what would happen after? They're like, no, they, was, they would just send me to my room. I had to wait there. Right. I was like, yeah, for what? Like, what's happening? They were like, so what do your parents do? I was like, dude, my dad threw an office chair at my head. Yeah. I was six years old. <laughs> An office chair. Yeah, my dad literally <laughs> threw an office chair at my head once, Snap. and just hit me upside my head. He used to fucking he hit you. He dude, he used to WWF stop me to the floor, like heel to the head. Yo, my dad used to do this funny ass shit. It was funny to me now, not funny then. Right. He used to stick out his fist, right, and he would yeah. tell me to punch myself in the face. <laughs> Like, I'm not even fucking lying. What? He would go, hit yourself and in the you face. Would? And I would sit there, and I would try to lightly tap my face. Like, ah, uh, it hurts, Dad. And he goes, nope, you better full force it. So I would have to headbutt my face. Like, I'm telling you, he had some creative oh, shit. snap. That my, is reverse abuse. Dude, like, dude, no, my, you punch yourself. Exactly. And, and hard as you deserve it as Ooh. well. <laughs> dude, my dad used to beat me so fucking bad, man. Oh, wow. Because I think that was a good thing for me because I remember growing up in my neighborhood, uh, you know, people used to bully each other a lot. Yep. So I would get beat by an adult. So when I would get in a fight with kids, it didn't uh, hurt as bad. Nothing. So it's like Nothing compared to what your mom does. Oh, for sure. Yeah. This is crazy story, too, I told. I remember one time, you know those commercials where they had those kids who, uh, it's like it was like this black and white commercial, and this kid, this dad comes up, brings up his hand, yeah, and the yeah, kid yeah. goes, "No, daddy, don't." Right? And he goes, "Your child abuse, you don't have to take it." And I saw that commercial, and I was like, "I don't have to take it." I was like, "I don't have to take this," and I got this fucking wild idea in my head. Oh, and then I remember my dad. I forgot what the argument was about, but my dad was about to hit me, and I was like, "You hit me? I'm calling child services on you. That's child abuse." Oh my, my dad God. stops. He leaves the room. And in my mind, I'm like, I won. Right. In your fucking face. He comes back with a lead pipe. Oh, my God. And he swings it. And I duck. And he shatters the shelf behind me. And he looks at me. He goes, that's child abuse. <laughs> and I go, oh. yo, your dad 
is out of control. That's right? my, that was my dad, dude. <laughs> I don't give a fuck with any. That's why when people tell me they used to get beat, I was like, did you really? I mean, I got beat, <laughs> but your stories are insane. I remember I tried that with my mom. Like, I'm going to call 911. She was like, you better call the police and the ambulance <laughs> because I'm going to go to jail. Ambulance for you, police for me. I was like, I'm not going to call them. You, <laughs> you, who are you kidding? I got beat with like, you know, hangers, extension oh, cord. the hanger. Switch the phone cord. Phone cord was probably the worst one. The yeah. part that plugs into the wall. Yep. Because it's thin. I was like, oh, it's thin. It's not going to hurt. Man, that was the worst. But a lead pipe? I, they hit me with the lead pipe. You know, you know what the worst one was? Was the bamboo stick. I'm not even fucking lying to God you, man. Dog, damn just, it. Yo, every Asian kid knows about these uh, green bamboo sticks that used to hold up plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I remember my grandma used to beat me with this. So everybody in the family beat me, dude. It right. was it was like people. Oh, that's ta- how we grew up. They would just tag team. You know, <laughs> they, if you they knew your parents, they could beat you. The mailman, like, oh, you acting oh, up? Bow. With the mail? Yeah, I'm man. Saying, I'll right? run you over, too. And then your parents would then beat you for someone else having exactly. to beat you, like, oh, you out here embarrassing the family. Wait till I get home. That's exactly right. what it was. So my grandma, I remember she used to beat me with this little thin little bamboo stick, right? Yeah. And the crazy thing about that shit was it was so light, like a croissant. Yeah. That, that shit, that shit was so quick because you could hear it, but yeah. you couldn't see it. Yeah. So it was just yeah. And then you don't know what happens and there's like a two second delay. And then you just arch your back real quick. Oh my God, so man. I remember the day that she hit me with it and it broke. And I got so happy. Right. It was like I beat the last boss in Mario. I was like, that shit's done. I will never get beat by that shit ever. This evil sadistic bitch behind the fucking couch, she had like a 36 pack. And that shit was so old. She went... And dust came out like Indiana Jones and she whipped out a fresh one. That shit was bright green as fuck like a lightsaber. This bitch beat the fucking shit out of me with that thing. So you got in trouble because you broke her. Because I broke oh, you broke thing. my good one? I broke the good one All with right. my face. Right. I've been meaning to break this one in anyway. <laughs> the whole pack? Everybody used to beat my ass, man. Shit fucking sucked. And my brother barely got beat. Oh, my, my sister was like that too. Shit. Yeah, we took. I took because we a lot of times they beat us in order. My older brother, me. <laughs> By the time they got to her, they're like, oh, "Man, forget it, man. She's a little girl." She don't deserve like y'all had plenty of energy for me and my yeah. brother. But for, I remember my dad beat me one time. To my toes like locked up <laughs> like that. Right, he beat me. Then he, I, he came back in. I'm like still waiting for it to unlock. He's like, and just so you know, that was 26 lashes. And I'm like, oh my god! Well, you, you you thought I lost count? We we know I have, I have currently am having a a, a a toe seizure, and you want to let me know I got you for twenty six, and he That's could be thirty. Fucking funny, man. We were abused, you know that, right? For sure, man. And <laughs> especially I'm to, by today's standards. Oh, like, for sure, we were abused. I mean, there's no way in my mind I'm thinking that's not child abuse. Right. But like how I always like to frame it for people is. You know, when you're when you don't have a lot of money, right. you don't got a lot of time and you got kids, you, the only way you know how to discipline your child is in the quickest way possible. Oh right? my god, that is right? Revolutionary thought. Yeah, cuz that is true. My mom worked two, three jobs, my dad too. How much time do they have to sit down and say, "Hey, the reason why you can't do this, they don't have the time." Money is tight. They're frustrated. And you know when money's tight, you're stressed the fuck out. You yes. don't even know why you're in a bad mood. Yes. And it's just everything and by the way, when my parents, when the money wasn't good, and they would fight more often. Yes. So their their intermarital relationship is terrible. You yeah. got these kids that are acting up. They just know that they don't want the kids to be a fuck up. And I got to fix this real quick before I hit my other job. David, that is that is revolutionary thinking. Like that is scientific thinking because that is so true. Because now I'm in a better position. 
I, and it takes more time to mm-hmm. to raise a child without hitting them mm-hmm. because you have to explain it. They got questions. You got to give them leeway and stuff like that. My parents don't. I, I, bro, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm frustrated already. And you're here doing something I told you already. Okay. Yep. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> I had a terrible day at work anyway. This is stress relief because ain't no time for therapy mm-hmm. and hot cocoa. Ain't no hate. T- I remember a full house. Bro, I remember like Michelle and them would do stuff. And the piano would come on and Danny would get on one knee and be like, listen, slugger, this is why you can't. I'll be like, man, can somebody do that to me? Where is the piano in my life? I know where the piano was. It was on top of my head because they fucking smashed that shit over my face. That's where the fuck the keys were. And the keys came out my mouth like in the fucking Acme cartoon. That's where the piano was, man. Oh, snap. I used to get beat like oh, a motherfucker. That's that's I, I really do empathize with my parents now, now that I'm a lot older, because yeah. they don't have the resources that we had. No. And and the best thing that I like to put it to, even in when in terms of education, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people say, Oh, well, I might have they might have grown up in a similar uh financial situation as right. me, right? Growing up, but they go, Well, so we're the same. I was like, we're not the same because growing up, the reason why you understood is because you understood how the education system worked. You yep. understand all this stuff. Yep. My parents didn't and I didn't know. Right. In order for me to get into college, I had to figure that shit out for myself. My parents didn't know right. how to get me into college. Yeah. They didn't know about scholarships. They right. didn't know about what your grades would do, talking to the teacher after after school programs. Yeah. This is all stuff that we had to figure out ourselves. Yes. Yes. And that's the advantage that people have if they are second or third generation in this country that right. I didn't get to have. Or Dang. if your parents didn't go to college. Yes. These are the things that we didn't my get. My parents didn't go. To, in, in my neighborhood, I know, 2 chains has this, you got a rapper go to the league. Mm-hmm. And like the only way I knew of like people going to college was was scholarships, athletic scholarships. Like black, we didn't have, like when I got to college, man, like I knew I was poor my whole life, but there was, it became readily apparent when I went to college. Exactly. And I'm like, well, you got brand new laptops and cars and they got the maximum dorm money on their lunch car. They parents, I mean, some of these kids had never even washed their own clothes. Yes. Like I remember this funny story. I was in the financial aid office trying to get, trying to get a little change. And this mom was putting all this money on her son's like, you know, little college car where you pay for your food and stuff. And she was like, well, who's going to, you know, she, she noticed we had like a 7-Eleven in our dorm where you could buy like burritos and soda and ice cream and, you know, like Ben and Jerry's or whatever. She was like, I noticed they have like ice cream for sale all day. And the, the, it was a student. He was like, yeah, you know, it's like a 7-Eleven. Kids love it. And he was like, she was like, who's going to stop him from eating ice cream for breakfast? And the kid was like, I'm sorry. She's like, this card, he can buy anything he wants at any time. And they're like, yeah, well, what if he wants ice cream for breakfast? Who's going to stop him? And she was, the kid was like, he's like 18. Like, yeah, if he doesn't know by now about? he shouldn't eat ice cream for breakfast, then he's going to get a stomachache, I guess. And I'm thinking, like, your kid don't know that? You shouldn't eat ice cream for breakfast? And these kids really didn't know. Like, most of the people in my class, freshmen, fell out, not because they weren't smart, because somebody was always reminding them, do this, turn That's this crazy. in, do this at this time. And people, they're not used to waking themselves up. In my family, my mom's like, at like in fifth grade, She's like, I'm not finna be washing your clothes. Yeah. This is how you do whites. This is how you do colors. You better wash them, dry them, fold them, hang them up, whatever. And she literally stopped. And that was like 10. We were cooking dinner, 12, 13, no babysitter. There's nobody going to come. We're leaving. We'll be gone for a couple of weeks. There's bread and water. Survive. So when I got to college, I was like, oh, bet I've been doing all this stuff on my own. Wake myself up, get ready yep. to go. Like, and I thought everybody did that. No. People with money, bro, they're not, they don't have to worry about that stuff. Dude, they be saying some wild shit. I remember even <laughs> some, some, some basic shit threw me off. They're like, so where do you go on vacation? I'm like, what's that? <laughs> you know, vacation, like when you take a break? I was like, what's that? <laughs> what do you mean break? Break what? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there was like some basic shit. I had right. no idea what the fuck they were saying. They're like, vacation? Yeah. Galapagos? Where the fuck is that? What are you talking vacation about right now? Vacation homes, summer homes, the Hamptons. Like, bro, what are y'all talking what, what Timeshare? I was like, you guys, you rich people share time? What, what does that mean? I was like, what are you saying right now, man? Dog, I, I used to make this joke on my old stand-up set. I was like, yo, man, I remember back in the day when I first went to college, I was recording white people like I was on a safari because I had no idea what the fuck white people did. I was like, damn, these motherfuckers, they just, they they buy appetizers. Right? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, usually it's the meal and a glass of water. Right, right. And then you're trying to debate whether you add a tip or not. Right. <laughs> you know just I mean? the minimum. Yeah. You should be happy. to. And that was like, growing up poor is you should be happy with everything. Mm-hmm. You should be happy for this food, whatever it is. Rice aroni every day, you should be thankful because a kid in Africa, that was my mom's whole thing. Kid in Africa doesn't have that. And I'm like, what is a parent in Africa telling that kid? Oh, for you know, sure. You know what I mean? So you should, it, that's the whole thing. And that's tough growing up like that way and then raising kids. Like now I'm trying not to like pass that on. And then you're stuck with like I was taking my kids on vacation in Hawaii, in Maui, which was more Ooh. expensive than even Honolulu. Yeah. Right. And I'm looking at the room service bill and my my oldest son is mad. He's like, I'm like, what's up, man? Why are you, why are you upset? He's like, oh, my friends are they're at the Santa Monica Pier today. I'm like, I will body slam the fuck out. <laughs> like, I just had to leave yeah. for a second. Because yeah. I'm like, you are in... this At this point, this is the most expensive vacation even I've ever been on. Yeah. And you talking about the Santa... You've been to the Santa Monica Pier 300 times. What are you... Yeah. I'm going to get right back with you. Because yeah. I was so... Because as a kid, we weren't even allowed to like... Say our feelings. Yeah. Say our thoughts. I do this joke in my, my set. Like, if my mom was driving down a one-way street and an 18-wheeler was coming, I'd be like, well, she must want us to die. Because <laughs> yeah. I would not dare correct her. Like, yeah. we'll just die then. And in heaven, I, I still won't correct her. I'll be like, I don't know, God. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you might want to talk to her. Yeah. Terrified of our parents. Yeah. We lied out of just sheer fear. And my kids don't have that. So trying to learn how to raise kids without hitting them, without... You know what the beautiful thing is, is though, about that and the the type of relationship you have with your kid on the flip side is the fact that he's open and honest with you. Yes. Because the other thing, what what fear breeds is that that honesty disappears. Absolutely. Because they're always afraid of getting in trouble. So the first thing they think about is lying. Exactly. So the great thing is like your kid could actually say some stupid shit like that. I mean, he'd probably get smacked. (laughs) But as long as it's honest, though, at least he's talking to you. And that's the thing. Like, I remember I saw this meme that was like, this is good. It's like, I'd rather my kid get in trouble and say, oh my God, I've got to tell my dad instead of, oh my God, I can't tell my dad. Yep. Like, it doesn't mean I'm going to be proud of you or anything like that, but I'd rather you be able to tell me like, I got to grow pregnant or yeah. I, you know, whatever the case is, than to be like, I can't even talk to my dad about this stuff. Like he'll, he won't even understand. And that's how my parents were. I was just like, bro, I don't, y'all don't even want to know the stuff that we're thinking about. Cause you won't. Yeah, my dad was honest. so, this fool would say some lying ass shit. He'd be like, Hey, if you just tell me the truth, you would never get hit. I would tell him the truth, I get my ass beat. I'm like, you should have. What? What is this? Either way, either way, I'm getting my ass heart, beat. He probably thought that. Yeah. But then the truth is so upsetting. He's like, I have. To, I know what I said. He's like, what'd you do? Listen, I stabbed somebody, and this is he goes. Okay, I gotta kill you. Come here. Like, I can't. I can't do this. I got. I gotta fucking kill you. I was the trouble child, so my brother yeah. was really good at school, and I right. wasn't. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that your kid was like, oh god, my friends are at the. Sa-. I was like, first of all, you're a black child at the Santa Monica Pier. That should not happen in the first place. You're supposed to go to Long Beach. But the- <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you saying right now, Santa Monica Pier? Right. What the hell's wrong with you? You have any He's idea? He's the, the only black kid in this room. <laughs> There's like two other kids. Like the only people that are black that are fucking dancing on the pier, and you over there for fun? Shut the fuck up! What's wrong with you? 
That's true. That's true. It's weird though, right? Yeah, when your yeah, kids yeah. have a lot of stuff that you don't, their perspective is flipped. Yes. And it's a blessing. But at the same time, like I don't have kids yet, but yeah. when I'm ready for kids, it's kind of like, okay, how do I get this kid to understand that what you have is a blessing? That's why for me, right? Because uh, I grew up at a church. My father was a pastor. Oh, right? really? And I was a youth minister for a couple of years, too. Oh, yeah. I was my, a youth pastor, too. There you go, man. Sin in mouth, the body of Christ. <laughs> right. That's what I was saying. I got an evil mouth, but right, fucking, right. I got Christian ideals, though. Right, right. But um, when I was just, just looking at that, I think, like, I want my kids to grow up at a church. And the reason why... Even I, I tell this too. If you guys aren't religious, having kids go to a church. The yeah. reason why is because it teaches you community. Yeah. It teaches you that there are bigger things outside of what you do. Right. Number three, there's free daycare on Sundays. <laughs> right. So <laughs> you ain't got to worry about your damn kids. <laughs> and number four, there's free food. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And on top of that, there's mission trips. Yeah. Which really, really helped open my eyes as an individual. When right. I had to go to Mexico and I had to go to Tijuana and then build these homes and be with these people, I was like, man, I really ain't shit. Yeah. It yeah. helped me out a lot. It's pers- the perspective is out of this world. Yeah. Because you think your problems are bad. And I, I saw this other thing on the internet. It was like, everybody threw their problems down on the ground. You pick yours back up. Because when you see what other people are dealing with and stuff, you're like, we don't have potable water or potable water. I don't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. it. Then you just like, man, my kids are at the, my other friends are at the beach. Like, bro, you really don't have problems like that. But inside your own little bubble, it's like the worst day ever. This is the worst thing that could be happening. You know, I saw life. this, I saw this video. I'll show you it later. And mind you, I met this girl. We actually did a video together. She's uh-huh. a very, very sweet girl. But me watching her Insta story made me realize how how privileged she is in her own life. And yeah. she doesn't even realize it. Yeah. Now, I'm saying it in the nice way. Right. What I want to say is how much of a little bitch you are. <laughs> but <clears throat> that's just how I am. That's right. not an insult to her. Right, right, it's just, right, right. She's just a victim of her own uh, yeah. circumstance, right? Yep. So she went very, once again, I got to say this, very sweet girl. And right. I love this girl to death. But yeah. watching that video made me want to throw something really hard. <laughs> So she went to Spain on a, yeah. on a vacation trip of some sort with her husband, mm-hmm. which is already amazing, yeah. right? And when they were having a good time, she tried to jump on his back. She fell over and she cracked her tooth. Hilarious. Right. <laughs> so, and my thing was when she put up that thing on her Insta story, I thought she was trying to tell us a funny story. It's like, yo, I cracked my tooth. But if you watch this Insta story, she's, you know, she goes there and she goes, you know, I just want to say that... She starts crying. Oh my god! And she goes, "I took my smile for granted, and I just—I oh, never knew what it was like to ha- not have a tooth for two days. And oh, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but I feel like the universe is testing me. And I'm like, the universe is testing you because you broke your own tooth. That's what I'm saying. And so I don't know how to deal with it. And she has crazy fans too, because I, I, you know, but you you got Taylor Swift. She has like Taylor Swift fans too. Oh, man. But like I said, I'm not downplaying that whatever happened to you was bad. <laughs> right. But in my mind, that happens to a lot of people. Yes, and they don't have health care. They, they don't have... chip is just... Their tooth is just chipped now. Yeah. That's just life now. There's exactly. no fixing it. Now they're just walking around with a whistle. Right. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's right. life. Right. Like for her, it's like you are in a position to the point where you got to go on vacation to Spain, right. which for sure it was a business or first class ticket. Then after your tooth chipped, you had enough money to fly immediately back to LA, then get your tooth fixed the day of, and then you're going to do this video and say, my life is hard. Come on. And it's it's hard for me to listen to. That is you 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 really that the perspective of that, you really have no idea how most people are like. This podcast is brought to you by Bombas, 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 baby. So when I was in school, the cool and the hot thing was gel pens, Pokemon cards, some Yu-Gi-Oh's. 
And beyond that, sports and basketball and all that other sports and basketball, hip-hop, paraphernalia, son. Listen, if you were cool, you had it. And if you didn't have that stuff, you were not cool. Well, guess what's cool now, son? Bombas. And they bring out all the envy on the schoolyard, which isn't really all that surprising because they're the most comfortable, comfortable kid socks ever. They're colorful, literally bursting with color. They even have a little colorful bee on them. And comfortable, so comfortable, they're designed with several comfort innovations that help them and make them feel better than any kid's socks ever made. So send your kids back to school with the socks that keep them comfy and colorful and ready to take on the school year. And let me tell you something. Since Bomba donates a pair of socks for every purchase, you should get yourself some too. Let me tell you something. I'm a cool kid. I wear Bomba socks. If I'm not discussing you with my feet right now, Bomba socks is blessing my feet and making sure that none of y'all see my nasty little toes. And I'm telling you right now, everybody loves my Bomba socks. They're like, where you get that socks? I'm like, Bomba, son. Bombas, baby. You know what's all about the Bombas. Yo, so check it out. Visit bombas.com slash brain and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash brain for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash brain. Get on it. Get them socks. Be cool. Be popping and show people what's up because ain't about the style always on the tops. Sometimes it's about the style on the bottom and Bombas got you, baby. Exactly. You've been on a plane? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, come on, man. Like, some people's only trip is watching other people take trips. Yes. Because I be seeing people do stuff, and I'm like, bro, like, especially back when I had nothing, like, bro, y'all be living live. People don't know, man. You only know about the world from your perspective. Yeah, and sometimes people clown on me because I go to Hawaii every year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for me... I always, guys, I never went on vacation. My parents yes. don't go on vacation. Yes. They don't go on vacation so much, they don't like vacation. Really? You, you know feel I mean? like they're, they're missing out on work? They just, they just, it feels uncomfortable for them to leave their home. Wow. That's how much, they went on their very first vacation to Hawaii, I think it was six years ago. Was wow. for the first time in their life they ever went on vacation, and it was weird for them. That's insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. like, I look at it from a perspective like that. Also, too, because we're creators, we get to create our own destiny, and it's yeah. a blessing to do what Absolutely. we do. It is a blessing. Because if it wasn't this, I definitely would probably be dead or be like doing some <laughs> or stupid depressed. shit. Depressed. Yeah. I'd be man. smoking crack for <laughs> sure, dude. I'd be smoking crack You're instantly. Then I'd be on your podcast crack. talking to a crackhead. <laughs> like, what's it like being <laughs> one little universe flip? Right. Absolutely, man. That's true. So when I see a video like that, like I said, I'm not I'm not dogging on the fact that she probably felt bad because she chipped mm-hmm. her tooth. She's a beauty guru. Right. I get it. But mo- I think most people would see that and they'd be like, oh, shit, I chip my tooth and laugh about it and move on. Yeah. But the fact that you could put up a video and say, hey, the universe is teaching me a lesson. <laughs> That is absurd, man. It's absurd to me. <laughs> it's absurd. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. a lot of her fan base will disagree with us. And, of course. And that's understandable. But for me, it's like I, I got to always tell myself that my glass is half full. Absolutely. And I think that's why I appreciate growing up poor. Yeah. Because I was remember, I think Warren Buffett said that. He said the most important factor in becoming rich is growing up poor. Because that hunger and lack will motivate. Like, I, I work now like I have not made a dime. Oh, you specifically do. <laughs> when do you not put up content? When I watch you, I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> and it's supposed to be the other way around. The fucking I Asian guy like, looking at the black dude like, damn, you work too hard. You know, like, what the fuck is that about? We bring in stereotypes. Like, what bro, the fuck are you doing? 
I feel like if I take and my wife and my friends be like, fam, like it's okay. And I, but I've seen creators who take breaks and they like the algorithm forgets them and That's their fans. Me. <laughs> You're talking about me. It's tough, man. I take a year break like a dumbass. What's and, wrong? and the algorithm is like, oh, they're gone. I don't exist. Right. It's tough. So I'm like, I cannot stop. I like, I won't stop until I have made enough where if I took a year long break, all my income would would sustain me because it, man, creating in this world like you you and you need to take breaks. Like I've kind of calmed down when I go on vacation. Like I only post stuff that like maybe I got from my story or whatever. Like I I realize that I don't have to post every day. But like growing up poor, like everybody worked. My mom, my dad. Like I have friends who didn't their first job. They hadn't even had a job yet in college. Like man, I was working under the table at thirteen. My first job was I was like busting tables at a for a wedding caterer, getting paid cash. Thirteen, fourteen years old. Yeah, official job. I had like when I was a kid, I had a candy business. I used to buy. I used to live on military bases, buy candy on base for like thirty cents, sell it for a dollar off base. It's cool. Yeah, I had a lawnmowing company. Like in order to get it, my parents were like, "Bro, we ain't no extra money. You want shoes, fam? You better sell drugs, work. work, get a work permit." Like I work, so it's hard to turn that off. You know what I mean? Even when I'm on vacation, I'm like, I got to put a, like, I always feel like I got to put a, like, I haven't posted a video yet today. And I'm like searching on Twitter. Like, well, I got to find something funny. Uh, If I don't, they'll forget me. And it's just like, bro, I got podcasts coming out today. I'm shooting this podcast. I'm shooting another podcast at 530. Like I'm literally shooting content all day. And I feel like I haven't done anything of value. But see, that's, that's the amazing thing about you, right? Is that I always see your stuff. I'm like, he, he is constantly in everybody's face, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the crazy thing is about you, it's like, <clears throat> I always say sometimes people hold things that are, uh, they hold things that they think are, is too precious. They go, this isn't perfect yet. Mm. It's not about it being perfect. Bingo. It's not about it. You're, you'll never be satisfied that no. way. And that was my biggest problem, right? Because my thing was like, oh, if I got to make things, these, these amazing shorts and whatever. Yeah. And I started fucking up that way because nothing was ever good enough and I stopped putting things out. Yes. Which is stupid. It's a lot of creators have that like, there's been so many times I posted a video and then like the top three comments are funny jokes that are funnier than anything I put in there. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> dang, and you can't have it back. But I actually what I do is I shoot and post before I can think too much about it Yeah, because I realize the more I think about it, I'm like, oh, that's not funny enough. And so, and also what's helped is a lot of stuff that I don't think is funny goes crazy viral. Yeah. So I'm just like, man, what do I know? You never know what's going to go viral. So I just think, create edit post go on about my day yeah and then just let the internet do what the internet's gonna do like you never know what, what you're gonna do and or how it's gonna happen like that so it's, and it's so refreshing to hear that shit too because i got two in my I, I have this weird fucking habit of like when something does really well i'm like i'm done with it let me try something new yeah. just so fucking stupid right because i'm like all my friends do this shit they go yo you did this thing it was popping right because right. i did this thing called carpool confessions and i was mm-hmm. doing it it was this type of style stuff yeah but it was funny conversations in a car and we would just just chop it up. Right. Did really well. It was averaging like 400,000 views per video, right? And I did it for like maybe two months. And I go, I'm done with this. And I moved on. And everybody what? was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm bored. And I moved on. And so even for me, I used to do these like vlogs, right? I would just talk shit all the time, right? I'm, I don't know if you know how much of a David So fan I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm I just, same with Just Kidding Film. You, J, JK, and Tim, I sat at my desk when I worked a regular job. Hating my job, and I watched all you guys' videos. So I'm acting like I'm not a fan. That's crazy. I didn't know I that been, shit. Oh, I've been trying to meet you forever. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You were at ADD one time on the couch talking to Dorm Tame, and I'm like, he got the blacks. The blacks love him, man. Where's the intro? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, your vlogs were like, when you switched over to Genius Brain, I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> like, I got it. Like, I totally got it as a creator. 
But I was like, that was some of the world's greatest content. Like, but I can tell from the style that that's that takes a lot of work. It does. Like you the know. thinking, the the script writing, the editing. That's not just like like I go off the top of the dome. That's one of the reasons it's easy for me. I just make it real quick and post it. But you were putting like time, joke, 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 thought, thought, thought. Yeah. You know what I mean? Editing, swipe all this stuff into it. Timing, music. So I can see how that can be more taxing. And you know, because it's funny because I'm I'm actually gonna go back to doing that. Not because it's because it started becoming fun for me again. Yeah. You know, so like I took a break from it. Now mm-hmm. it's because I got all these damn thoughts and right. I just had nowhere to put it. And yeah. I'm like, hey bro, go do your damn videos again. <laughs> right. And the other reason why I stopped doing it was because I started putting it into my stand-up. And I was like, oh, understood. It's like, what? Why don't you just put this into your stand? Yeah, but you can do both. Exactly. You can do both. That's the yes. thing I fucked up on. I'm like, just because you did that joke here doesn't mean you can't put it back oh, in your stand up. So much of my videos have influenced my stand up and stand up influenced my videos. Like, and, and people will, a lot of times, not even the same people are going to consume it, like who comes to the club or yeah. whatever. And even if they do, it's a different version. It's yeah, like it's reading way a different. book. It's a it's different version. You have the live energy of the crowd, all that type of stuff. But I get it on a creative sense. You feel like those are separate worlds. Yeah. But it's really just your creative engine. Yeah. And sometimes that goes into podcasts, sometimes a book, sometimes stand up. Sometimes it can go into all all three. If I write a book, I'm going to have some of the stories from my stand up because it's. See, you really make me feel life. like I fucked up because I kept reading these comments and they're like, yo, go back to your old veil. I was like, what do these kids know? And now you say it, I'm like, fuck. Well, the internet will try to box you in, though. Yeah. Like, if you give them one thing that they like, they don't want you to change anything. You and as a creator, that gets boring. I'll tell you some of the funniest shit. It, it's sad, but it makes me laugh, too, is I'll do a regular video. Like, every now and then, I'll do a regular video. Yeah. I put it up. It's like a 1,000 followers go up in that day. And yeah. I put a podcast up. I lose 200 followers. I'm like, <laughs> you stupid sons of bitches, dude. You really hate this shit, don't you? I was like, I don't. Because the people who fuck with me, fuck with it heavy, right? Yes. But a lot of people miss that advice to the camera type of shit right right and that's what that's the thing like people sometimes they subscribe for that yeah. and that alone and i fucked it up i'm sorry guys <laughs> i'll look the podcast is great because look i got kev on yes, here man. man i'm here look at me my david's my friend i love i love your videos though man thank like, you because it's so like i said it's just so off the top and it's, it's it could you could literally talk about anything and everything which i really fucking like you know what's man. funny though i have a fear of running out of material oh you'll never do verse for videos and even more for videos i'm like okay because the internet's always giving but for stand up i'm like man what if i run out of stuff to talk about but the internet and the world like i've noticed like if you ever notice in stand up comedians later in their career it's not as much original material mm-hmm. and it's almost all current events and i realize like if you have a viewpoint of the world people just want to hear you yeah. Like, what's your point of view? And that's why me and you can make a video on the same exact topic, and there'll be two different videos, different. and our audience will enjoy them. Like, I want to hear, if you have a true audience member, they're like, I don't care if everybody else in the world's talked about it, I want to hear David, or 100%. I want to hear Kev. Like, I want to hear their point of view, even if it's similar, because they like your voice. And I think that's one of the benefits of of doing this, is people were like, I want to hear how you think about this. That's why people fuck with Chappelle so much, man. Yes. I'm always waiting for Chappelle's spin on shit. And you know, I was so happy. You watched the Chappelle. I did. I just watched yeah. it last night, or two days ago. That shit was fucking crazy. So yes. I, I remember, because he was talking about how he was making fun of how like, because uh, I did the same shit in a stand-up set, right? right. He just he just frames it a lot better, but it was just like, the weirdest part of that Michael J- uh, Jackson documentary was the fact that literally Michael Jackson jacked off to fucking Wade Robinson's butthole. And I thought that shit was the most hilarious thing I ever heard in my life it was like hey don't touch me just stay in that corner and let me jack off to the fucking sphinx the eye of the sphinx and this motherfucker just <laughs> so i thought that shit was hilarious yeah. right but sometimes dave Chappelle says shit that i can't get away with <laughs> no i think only the thing is at this point he's already paid 
Yep. Like he got paid for that special. So you cannot can I think this whole cancel culture thing is really interesting. Like yeah. we love to stop people from doing whatever. Like the internet does not allow you to grow as yeah. a person. You can't make mistakes. You can't think. You like you need to know everything right now. Mm-hmm. Everything you should know about the world. So Dave Chappelle's like he went the whole other way with that. Yeah. Like instead of saying, I don't know if I want to step on toes, he was like, I'm gonna step on every single toe that exists. The yeah. stuff nobody's talking about, I'm going to make fun of Michael Jackson and pedophilia and gay people and transgender people. And I'm like, I watched the special just like, <gasps> like, <laughs> don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, he, he didn't care so much. It's like, can you even cancel him? Yeah. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's, he's, he's flipped it on his head and been like, you clicked on my face. Like, that was the thing that was yeah. like. You already know from his last three specials, you know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. If you still came to watch this to be upset, who do you have to blame? You yeah. don't have to choose to watch me. And I feel like that was really like refreshing because you feel like there's a lot of stuff you can't talk about. And it reminds you, you can talk about whatever you want. And somebody and a lot of people like secretly like this is how Trump got elected. People were like, I'm not voting for him, but I am. Yeah. You know, they went in that little thing and you were like, people were like, every, all my boys like, did you see it? Did you see it? Yeah. Talk about it. People were laughing in their room. They don't want to admit on Twitter or Instagram that they like those jokes because, you know, we all have like a version of ourselves that mm-hmm. we want people to think we are. But sometimes at home, you just want to laugh at some super dark stuff. And that's what that shit was for me. And I fucking was, loved it. That's why sometimes when I watch, what I liked about, because I saw a couple of clips of your stand-up on Facebook, right? I think what I liked about your stand-up the best is because it's honest because it's about the stuff that you grew up with. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And nobody can take that from me. Exactly. Nobody can replicate that. You can't steal that. something that happened to me. Yeah. And my kid did this, you can't steal that. Exactly. You can steal, like, black people be like, white people be like, dating in LA, like, that's a lot of, you know, parallel thinking. But the way my mom raised me, like, your dad swinging a lead pipe at you, even though we all got beat growing up the way we did, we didn't get beat like that. <laughs> yeah. So that's a story. If you frame it as a joke, I can't steal that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's that is a David thing. And I feel like yeah. that's how that's how I think I'll be able to create forever is because this is my life. And Kevin Hart said this. He said, you're, you'll always have your own life experiences and your viewpoint. Yeah. And if you never lose that, you'll never run out of material. You might not be able to go like And that's another fear of mine, like getting progressively less funny because yeah. most stand up specials are like. The first one's the best because you've been freaking working that for years since you some of those jokes. Like my first special that I didn't release to the public is still for sale. These jokes have been worked since I started. Like some of those jokes were my first time I did stand up. They've been perfected. And you just don't have the same amount of time in between. I was like 10 years of jokes. And now I've got like two months to come up with the next one. And then I go on tour next year. It's two months like obviously they're not going to be as good because that was the best. same thing with artists. Usually people's first album is best except for Beyonce. Hers is getting progressively better, yeah. but most people they get, they go down, down, down and hope you had some hits in those first three albums. Cause most people after the first three albums, they don't have that much That's fire like, no more. Like, like we go back to that life experience thing is super important. I think sometimes when I watch stand up. Uh, a lot of people who want to do stand up, they mm-hmm. sound like they're trying to do stand up. Yes. And I think the best part about the the stand up that I like anyways, right. I'm not like this connoisseur that gets to I'm not I'm not like a fucking Samonier of fucking stand up. Ah! I'm saying like the shit that yeah. This is a 2015 <laughs> yeah. act out. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I like the shit where it just sounds like that person's talking to you. Yes. You know, it's just that's that person. It's it, it, I hate it when it sounds like a setup and I know yes. that it's coming and yes. it ruins the magic for me. Absolutely. That's what Dave Chappelle does so well. You don't know when his punchlines are coming. No. Because it's just the conversation. It's just and you don't even so I, when I was watching, I, I felt like I forgot I was watching stand up yeah. until the punchline. I'm like, oh, he kind of lulled me to sleep with the setup and you forget he's telling the joke. Until he hits you with the punchline. And that's when I remember I was watching one where he talked about he did his jokes backwards. And I was watching him. I was like, I'll probably never be that good. Yeah. I just have to accept that. That's what it probably feels like to be in the NBA and watch LeBron play. Like, I mean, we're playing the same sport. Yeah. But he's just in a different league than me. Like, I might be an all-star, but I'm not. I'm not greatest of all time. And I feel like that. And that's okay. Yeah. You can still have a lot of fun, make a lot of money doing that. But he's operating at a different level than than How how did you get into stand-up? When did that start for you? Interestingly enough, I started when I was 16. Uh, oh, same here. That's crazy. Yeah, 16. I, my first show was at a church. Um, same here. Yeah, really? Yeah. A church uh, talent show. And my brother was same. like, I was like, man, I told my brother, I'm like, I think I'm going to try stand up. And he was like, man, this girl that, that we knew was like, she don't think you're funny. And I was like, what? What does she know? And that, like, that took me from thinking about it to doing it. And then like three or four years ago, he was like, oh, yeah, she never actually said nothing. I just knew if I told you that. It would make you you would make sure oh, wow, you did it wild. to prove her wrong. So, yeah, I did it in church in high school and then in college. And then I got fired uh, from working in the bank in 2009. And that's when I started going like super hard. Like I was a terrible employee. Like I only time <laughs> I used the copy machine was to print up color pictures of my comedy show flyers. That's dope. So one time I left the color one in the originals part and my manager was like, hey, what's this? And I was like, oh, my show, bro. You ain't got to buy no tickets, bro. I got you. Yeah. You're on my list. He was like, no, you shouldn't be using this for that. And I was like. Oh, you're right. I actually, this is a bank. I shouldn't be doing that type of stuff. So, <laughs> so once I got fired, I was like, all right, I got to make it happen now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I've been doing pretty consistently for about eight, 10 years now. That's amazing. Man. Yeah. And it's a thing that you like, there's no speeding up the process in stand up. You yeah. have to take the time on stage because uh, I think Andrew Schultz said this stand up is the, the collection of a lot of micro skills. It's mm. public speaking. It's timing. It's yeah. reading an audience. It's it's uh, gauging an audience. It's gauging the room. It's 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 storytelling. And some of that stuff you just can't get without repetition of like this. Hundred percent. And it doesn't that. matter how long you've done it. If you took a fat break, you you could tell that's ring rust. Oh man, a, that's why I can't stop. Last year I did a I did a college show and mm. I hadn't done stand up in a year. <clears throat> because I was focusing on film and stuff. And yeah. I was like, oh, I still got this shit. I just bring up some of my old shit. Right. I got it was like halfway through the set and I forgot all my jokes. I went Q and A time, guys. So <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" I sat there. I was like, "Oh, I've ne- I haven't gone blank in my head since I started stand up." Yeah, and I was like, man. "Oh, it's been that long." Yes. And so I just had to flip it and just start asking Q and A. Yeah, and I turned this shit to a, in a comedic Q and A. <laughs> Fantastic, man! Oh fuck! (laughs) And you know, luckily it worked out. But in my mind, I was like, "Yo, I ain't shit." Yeah, you you thought you were some shit. You cannot hide from stand up. Mm -mm. It it, that's why Jerry Seinfeld. Some he he did this comedian cars episode, and somebody was asking how he feels about Instagram comedians and all this and that. Like, are you upset? And he was like, "Absolutely not." And he was like, "Really? Why? They don't respect the game." And he was like, "Comedy always weeds out the non funny." For real. You no one lasts for a long time if they're not really funny. You will flame out, especially stand-up comedy. Like if you're not really funny, gimmicks, gags, bruh. You can get somebody to pay once. But because a lot of influencers were doing stand-up back in the day, viners and stuff, and like Ugh. they were headlining and comedians were so mad. Like, bro, they if you're not really good, people only gonna you only get the celebrity thing 
first five minutes. Yeah. You got 45 minutes, you need to make me laugh. Nothing, it's not going to be funny just because you're up there. I paid yeah. 60 bucks. It was interesting because when I did, uh, so we, we, me, Bart, and Joe booked the same show out in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's where this cost, and they had, a, they had a huge budget. And so I had to do an hour set, and they did, they, they were the openers for me. Whew. And that was the first time that they ever saw me do an hour set. Yeah. And I got lucky because... I've been working on an hour set for so many years. I just yeah. never had the opportunity to really do it. Yeah. And so they were like, did you practice a set? I was like, nope. I was like, it might work out. It might not. <laughs> and so, you know, when I went up there and they're like, yo, your shit was good. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, I've been doing this since I was 16 at that time, nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. So if I couldn't do an hour set with, since at that point it was like eight years of experience, yeah. I fucking suck. Right. <laughs> you know, at that like, point, you might want to do something else. Exactly. Right, so, right. you know, it, the show was great. It did really well. Yeah. But I think the reason why I stopped doing stand-up was at a certain point, um, I made a shift into film, and that started mm-hmm. making me happier. Yeah. So, like, stand-up will, I think as you get older, stand-up, your stand-up just gets better and better and better. Absolutely. Especially because you, like, I, the only reason why I want a kid right now is because for my stand-up. Oh. <laughs> children material? <laughs> oh, it's the best, man. Like, I'm, I'm realizing, like, some my, people always ask me, would you made it this far if you were single? I'm like, absolutely Probably not. Probably not. No, because my kids gave me so much material one and they ground you because this businessman the bigger you are the more people just tell you like we were talking about earlier what you want to hear but my kids don't care my kids do not watch my (laughs) shows no more and i remember like this tour my kids had watched like they'll watch one show so we were in philly and we were at this kind of nice hotel i'm like hey you guys coming to the show and my youngest was like you gonna do the same jokes and i was like (laughs) god damn i was like yeah i mean yeah it's a tour he's like nah i'm good and he just he pulled out a cigarette he's like (laughs) heard it all before Jack. <laughs> so they don't care they and it's not funny to them no yeah. more so that is really humbling and growling people like bro i'm you, i'm not kev on stage at home yeah i'm i'm dad or i'm kevin you know my wife but they're not impressed by any of that stuff and also the other part of that is if i lost all that they wouldn't care either way if i just worked at target my kids wouldn't be tripping as long as i can still go to their soccer games and we yeah. still go watch the movies. They're not tripping about that. And I realized like that is so important in this industry because people, you know, Shannon Sharp was saying this. He's like, fans, like you saw Andrew Luck got booed when he retired. Yeah. Like that dude literally had like lacerated kidneys and like going crazy, injured. And the moment he's like, I can't do this anymore, they boo you. And Shannon Sharp was like, <clears throat> that's the thing about a fan. They only they only blow when you're hot. Yeah. And if you ain't hot no more and like you can't. He can't do anything for them anymore. He can't help them win a Super Bowl. He can't get a first down. He can't throw a touchdown. So now he's literally useless to these people, and they're no. no it doesn't matter they don't anymore. Fuck with them anymore, right? So you got to have friends and family who, if I was literally useless, say I got canceled and all my social media got deleted, I still got to have people who I can call for a barbecue and they'll pull up, even if yeah. I'm just an Uber driver or work at Target and like. That is the grounding thing in my life. My family, and my kids, like they ain't tripping. Like this is a dope ride, but if I lose this. They're not tripping. And I feel for you anyways, just from looking at it from an outside perspective, it seems like your 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 wife tends to be like a strong rock in your life. Because, you know, even for you being at a bank and getting fired and say, fuck it, I'm going to go to stand-up comedy. Yeah. I mean, that support is such a huge thing. When yes. you have somebody in your corner saying, you can do it. Yes. Like, I, I believe in you. And they hold you up when you're, even for you, when you doubt yourself and you have somebody else, Bruh. it helps so much. David, 100%. <laughs> right? Like, people don't even understand her value like we always get into this because my boy Doughboy, he doesn't like when people get divorced and the wife gets half even if she'd been there the whole time he's like we jeff bezos he's like she you know he gave her like half or it was like a crazy amount of money he's like why and he's like she wasn't in there in the room like bro you don't realize how much support 
happens, even if she's not literally working at Amazon, like when you doubt yourself, they're there. When yeah. you like, I think his wife actually helped with the business plan of Amazon. But my wife is like, she be tagging my jokes like the hardcore, like hey, you, you really you're doing that joke a little too long. Yeah. The last two or three tags aren't working the way you think they are. Yeah. And you could tighten this up. And people aren't like, fans aren't going to do that. You know, she'd be like, I watched all of them. Like, I remember one joke I used to do when I was young and I couldn't, I brought it back for my first tour last year yeah. and I couldn't get it to work. And I was like, man, it was cool, but it was, it used to be like a, a like closer. Not, yeah. And she was like, you're missing the pacing. That joke worked because you hit it faster and it built on itself and built on itself, built on itself. You're, tr- you're dragging it out too much. So the next night I tried it and it came right back. And yeah. I was like, bro, nobody in the world could give me that note but her. You know what I'm saying? Because she'd been there. So that's why I, it's, it's, she, there's no, you can't even put a, a dollar amount on that yeah. type of value. There's no value you can put on believing in yourself. That's what I think Kanye lost. Like when mm-hmm. he lost his mom, he's just like yeah. he lost the way he saw himself. Like he used to think he was Superman. When you lose that, that confidence, everything else fails. His music fails. The way he sees the world fails. Like all that, at least from his point of view, it's not the same anymore because he don't have the same confidence. And that's what my wife helps with, like all that. And that's so admirable because I feel for a lot of young people <clears throat> who live in this very fast-paced world, yeah. you kind of identify yourself with what everybody else tells you that you are. Yeah. And when you don't have a strong foundation to really ground your identity, yes. you get fucked up <laughs> because you live and die by your likes and your comments. Yes. And at the end of the day, I even had a conversation with my fiance. I told her, you know, if if all else fails, I'm okay. Right. If we're okay, I'm good. Yes. This all this stuff is a bonus. I'm actually beyond where I thought I would be at this age. Right. Everything right now is a blessing and a plus. It's all whipped cream and cherries now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the best. When you don't feel like you would have made it this far, it's like, bro, I could lose. And you need that. Yeah. Like you need to be able to lose it all because if you don't, you'll be influenced to do stuff you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to lose it all, then you don't have it because you're 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 beholden to the comments, the likes, the the approval and stuff like that. Like if a whole bunch of creators start doing one thing, they're like like when prank videos were going crazy, I was like, I'm yeah. just not going to. The it's fake prank stuff, like, it's not me. even if that's what it takes, I just won't make it before yeah. I have, like, I'm just like, come on, man. Because I got to live with that. I got to live with myself. Yeah. And I'm just not going to do that. Like, there's just certain stuff you got to have your your moral compass on straight or you'll just, you'll fall for anything. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And I couldn't, I can't look at myself in the mirror and know my kids because my kids are at the age where they're watching my videos and stuff. I can't, I can't put no trash up. I don't believe in. Like I had to, and you have to eat those words sometimes. Like yeah. when I wasn't rocking with the NFL over the Kaepernick stuff, I had to really like be a man of my word because they offered me a brand deal to do a commercial for the NFL. Oh wow! And I saw the budget in the email. You know, they never really put the budget in the mm-hmm. first reach out. Yeah, it's like let's talk, see if you're interested. They put the budget in, and I was like, whew. Do I hate the NFL? <laughs> because I don't know if at that price, you know, I could do it. And I was like, bro, that is selling out. Yeah. Doing something you don't believe in just for money is selling out. It's not like, you know, on YouTube, remember back in the day when brand deals first came out, people are like, you selling out, you got a brand deal and stuff like that. That's not selling That's out. That's not selling out. Selling out is selling something you don't believe in yeah. or you don't agree with for money. That's, That's what, selling out. That's what a lot of kids don't, they go, David, you don't get brand deals. It's not that I don't get brand deals. I can't pedal shit that I wouldn't use. Exactly. Right? So if, if you That's use- why I have a beard right now. Because <laughs> I got a brand deal from a, I'll just say a very famous shaving company. Yeah. And they're like, you got to try our new razor. It's for African American skin. You can shave your face with it. Because I never shave my face with a razor. Because black men usually have really you sensitive get bump skin. bump stopper and all that you shit. Get you get bump stopper, yeah. razor bumps, all yeah. that stuff. And again, they sent me a crazy amount of money. But I was like, I got to test it out for real. And I tested it out. 
And I could have made the video the next day because my skin was smooth and stuff like that. But I was like, no, let me wait a week till my hair grows back and see. Bro, I got razor bumps. Like in a motherfucker. Bro, I was like, oh. And they're like, well, you already sent the video in. You could just post it. No, and you fucked fuck- me up. No, <laughs> man. Because then a dude, even if one dude, one person buys it because I said it works and he get razor bumps. There's no amount of money in the world I, that makes me feel good about lying to someone for money. Like my all I have is my credibility. Yeah. So I'm like, nah. And then the Lord gave me a beard. Which goes. was a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise I would have never shaved my face because I had to let my beard grow out to get rid of the razor bumps. Yeah. And then I just kept it. Yeah. But that's what integrity would do. But you really going to have to turn down some money. Man, you a good man. I tell you, the <laughs> NFL came up to me. I, I, I dropped my morals real fast. It's like, let me tell you something. I stand with Kaepernick and here's $30,000. Listen to me. Captain, that piece of shit. He's not doing anything Support for this country. Support the truth. <laughs> this fool ain't doing shit for this country. All right. Him and his, his stupid ass fro, which, by the way, he does not keep up well. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would sell out super fast. Like, David, you would sell out. Yeah, but look at his whip, motherfucker. I'm selling out in the Maserati, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know that. Now, 30K is not enough to sell out. Right. A million dollars is a different story. And I know for a fact my fans wouldn't even hate me for it. It's like, you're a sellout, but David, it's a million dollars. Yeah, I would have done it too. Yeah, that's what most like, people say, man. That's a little different. Right, right, right. That's cool, man. I'm glad like you have a lot of sensibilities that I see in myself. You definitely work a lot harder than me, though, which kills me on the inside. <laughs> but you guys own businesses. Ah, you got matcha. <laughs> I'm talking about you, you you know what your focus is and I and I really do admire that shit. Like I said, it's it's weird because the, I don't have this thing where I look at somebody's success and it makes me feel bad. It mm. motivates me, right? Me too. So I you know, one of the biggest reasons why I started following you was because watching your videos motivated me. It it, it reminded me not to hold things too precious. Yes. Right? Because I'm watching Kev, he's putting out these videos every day about anything and everything yes and even if at the time some of them like oh they weren't as good as his last one but there was still something that somebody found funny that's all it is and i feel like that you got to understand what i go through and i'm just like bro this is just (laughs) trash but i realized like i I model myself after comic comic strips like i had some favorite comic book strips calvin and Hobbes, and some of them are just like amazing like the best strips and some wednesdays just like "Eh, yeah it wasn't his best but a lot of times people just, they're just on their 10 minute break. They just want something yeah. to laugh at. They don't really care. And as a creator, you cannot possibly have your best piece of creative work every single time you impossible. do it. It's impossible. So it's better to just be like, man, I'm going to just do this. And then man, some of the stuff be going viral. Like it's frustrating as a creator to put out what I think is really funny. Like this is, I put extra work into this. I actually wrote a script, does nothing. Me and my boys arguing about what chips should be ranked. <laughs> Freaking on the Today Show. And I'm like, bro, I have had so much better content than not Doritos, fam, not Fritos. But it does. Who are we to tell you what what you enjoy? Oh, you know what? Speaking about that shit, you did a video on this because everybody was doing one. Yeah. But I didn't get to try it yet because the lines are too fucking long. The Popeye's chicken sandwich. Popeye's chicken. Is it that good? Is it good? It is that good. Better than the Chick-fil-A sandwich. Now, the spicy one is better than the Chick-fil-A sandwich. The original one is on par but the spicy one, and I love Chick-fil-A. Yeah, like, I, I was like, there's no way. But the spicy one is legit better than the Chick-fil-A sandwich. What? And I know. I know. But I couldn't believe it. I, I've been trying to get one of those goddamn sandwiches. They're sold out. It's just, I can't get one. They're they're out, man. It's like Elmo, Furby, Mania. People are like, why don't you do a video? Because I can't get a fucking <laughs> sandwich. That's why. 
I've been trying to they do a video. They just announced they sold out, and they don't. I don't think they really sold out. No, they just put a pause on it. They couldn't. They couldn't handle it. Yeah, because you know it's like that's an integrity thing too. Popeyes has always had bad customer service. They never have the chicken ready, and now they release something that's actually good. They they were not prepared for that much influx of people. I was waiting for Church's Chicken to come up in this bitch because I I I'm a Church's Chicken till I fucking die. Really, I love Church's Chicken. I grew up with Church's Chicken. Yeah, it's everywhere. So whenever. Yeah. So this is this is the general rule of thumb for people who don't go to like fast food fried chicken spots. KFC is everywhere. White neighborhoods, Mexican neighborhoods, yeah. black, whatever. Church's Chicken is only in a black neighborhood. Yes, Church's straight is in up, the hood. And it is fucking delicious. <laughs> it is crispy as fuck. If you don't fuck with the Church's Chicken and honey biscuit. The bi- they got the best biscuits in the game. Hands down. Hands down. Not even a competition. Don't. No Popeyes. No KFC. No Red Lobster. Churches has the best the biscuits best. in the game. Put a little fucking honey on that uh, shit. Motherfuckers man. don't know. No. They don't know. Because they ain't trying to go and they got bars on the window and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Ain't nobody really trying to trust that. Like, I love the bars on the window. <laughs> best restaurants are the ones where you have to walk through the kitchen and the bathrooms in the kitchen. Fire food. This is some real shit. So yeah. when I shot this fil- film, I did, it's called Gook. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, in the spot that we were shooting, right next to it, it was uh, it was in like South Central, yeah. right next to a church chicken. I ate church's chicken for breakfast and dinner for 21 days straight. Oh, wow. Not even fucking lying to you. I'm not fucking lying to you. How are you eating churches for breakfast? Because the f- moment that they opened up is when we would shoot and I would fucking get a church's chicken anything. It would be chicken strips, biscuits, whatever. I would get that shit instantly. It's delicious. Oh you did not get tired of that for three weeks? No, I grew up on that shit. Wow. Because it's my mom's favorite fried chicken, too. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh, my, my parents own a black beauty supply store. So That's yeah. why the blacks can't get in. <laughs> <laughs> the Korean man, they were like, we, they saw it, and they were like, they bought in early, and now we out. <laughs> Yo, I, re- I remember this, uh, this fucking argument I got with the customer. It pissed me off so bad. Like, number one, she tried to jack some shit, and then she yeah. tried to get all holier than thou on me right i was like hold on shit you just try to fucking jack a box of just for me and all of a sudden like i'm the i'm the evil one you know what i'm saying what the how fuck? dare you not allow us to own this business that i could steal from i know what the fuck it's like why don't you get a grown-ass person relaxer you a fucking grown-ass you some motions or some shit the fuck anyways she's like stealing this box of just for me right yeah, and i got yeah. fucking pissed and she was like oh you fucking watching me because i'm black i'm like i'm watching you because you stole our shit what the fuck are you talking about and you can't I was like, use that argument when you actually are stealing yeah <laughs> It only works when you're not stealing. Exactly. I'm like, you're you, watching me steal? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, that's yeah. the whole point of running and I was this business. Like, Did you not know this is a black, everybody's black? <laughs> what are you talking about? I was like, if you're not black, you're the one I'm watching the most. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I was like, yo, you make that's no- hilarious. Everybody's black in here. Look I at was, the products. I was the only people the that are not black is us. Right. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Is it because I'm black? What are you saying? It's because you're a thief. Yeah. This is the wildest shit I've ever oh, heard. I used man. to get so mad at that shit. That's I was like, this man. makes no sense. I was like, 99% of the demographic is black. Yeah. That's the only people that come in here. So right. it's not because you're black. It's because you got a box of relaxer in your jacket. And you, for some reason, thought I couldn't see it. 
Like, yo, get the fuck out of here. Oh, it's hilarious. And man. it's funny because like as I got older, I started getting a mouthpiece on me. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I just yeah. started talking back to these yeah. motherfuckers and they're just like, yo, man, this motherfucker's mean. I'm like, <laughs> I like, your parents are a lot nicer. It's like, nah, it's like, what the fuck? I'm a roast your ass if you try to steal from oh, us. Oh man, it's hilarious, man. Dude, I'm talking about it's it's weird because whenever I saw a white person come in, I'm like, you do not belong here. Right. What are you trying to steal? There's nothing in here for There's you. There's nothing in here. Y'all know y'all don't be using products like that. Y'all don't this be come in like looking that. at an S curl. Like, <laughs> I'm like, the fuck are you looking at the escrow for? Put that it shit down. Work dude. for you. Yeah. you looking at sulfur eight. Like this stuff good. Like no, black people don't even like sulfur eight, dude. Put that That's shit down. Hilarious that yeah. you have this much knowledge about that. I stuff. worked at that store day in and day out. So for me, wow. for me, like identity was weird for me, right? Yeah. Because I grew up, you know, Asian immigrant, but I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. Yeah. So I just didn't know where the fuck I belonged. Right. You right. Know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I remember yeah. growing up and. uh Every fucking weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, there was this truck called Moe's. Mm-hmm. Moe's would, sh- would come up in a taco truck, and the whole neighborhood would come out. It was a block yeah. party. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. motherfuckers be shooting dice next to my parents' store shit on a cardboard box yeah, laying up our store. You yeah. know? And that was the weekend. Sounds like a beginning of a hood movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet you're wondering how I got here. Yeah. <laughs> See that beauty supply store? That's my family. Yo, I said this before. <laughs> there was another a cor- a corner store, too. <laughs> Which I didn't even know that the corner store just called liquor, liquor store, right? We used to call it Punjabs. <laughs> and and I didn't know Punjabs was a derogatory term. Yeah, this yeah. is what we called it. So right. I thought it was Punjabs my whole life. Right. Was you it know? an Indian person that worked there? Yep. Oh my god. And we're like, yo, you about to go to Punjabs? Like, yeah, we'll go to Punjabs, right? <laughs> and so you know, we don't we don't know these fucking things. Because right, right. it's just a part of the neighborhood. Yeah. Somebody shooting dice in front of our store was a normal fucking Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Right? We had Lord Tony's artistic fingers. <laughs> he did he did <laughs> That was next to our store. The motherfucker went to jail, you know, for doing some crazy shit. Oh, it's hilarious, man. Yeah, man. Like, that was my upbringing growing up yeah, as a kid. Yeah. You know, so I, I grew up in, like, the thick of things, right? Right, right. And it was such a, I, like, I used to hate that experience growing up because I think I compared my life to other people's when I went to college. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's probably, it's 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 a reason why who I am to this Absolutely. day. Absolutely. You know, that is your core programming. Yeah. Did you get a whole bunch of, you think you're black or you ain't black or you... God, you dude. and Tim probably led the league in that. Yes, we got that comment so consistently. And I started getting so fucking mad. Yeah. Because even for me, when I was trying to get a job, I was trying to get rid of this this type of twang I had in my voice. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And even right now, I'm trying not to do it. Right. But it's it's still there. I don't hear it, but other people hear it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were, are you trying to be black? I'm like, what does that mean? I don't right. know what that means. I'm just a product of my environment. Yes. If I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, everybody spoke like this. Yep. Then how? what the fuck am I supposed to do? It's how you, that's how you, all we are is our relationship with other people. People. Yeah, my boy, Big Irish J, white dude, big six eight white, grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, predominantly black church. He same problem. Like you trying to be, he like loves black women too. He's like, bro, this is all. This is what my boy said was fine. This is what I. This is was fine. Like this black girl, he's like white girl. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's just like you're white. Like I know, but I, I, I something about it. them. They smell funny, right? <laughs> but that's his whole. It's the same thing. Like, and that's a different thing. I feel like. Like, it's the whole Miley Cyrus thing. Like, mm. she didn't grow up with exactly. that. And she tries to profit off of it. And then when it no longer serves her, she puts it back down. Yeah. I feel like that's what bothers black people. But yeah. if it's who you are, bro, I mean, we and black people, we are really, like, inviting. Oh, for sure. You let a white dude, you can dance, you can hoop. Be like, oh, snap, look a white boy, come on. Like, we're really loving like that. But just don't pick us up and put us down mm-hmm. when you don't need us and stuff. Because when it's cool, it's cool to you know to use us to to get big big up and then to drop us. That's what it feels like. Oh, you trash family. Yeah, it's just it's that odd odd thing, right? Because for me, 
growing up in that type of neighborhood and just kind of growing up around black people my whole life, I also went to a black church and everything else. Yeah. Like I wanted to be an R&B singer because of like the black community right. and shit. You know what I mean? Right, so right. it was it, like my shit was fucked up. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't really didn't know who the fuck I was. Right. I was like, fuck, I'm Asian. Like, I guess. Fuck. I mean, weird shit. So I guess it does make right, sense. Right. But I just remember just that identity crisis was such a weird thing for me. But it, I, I feel very blessed that I did get to grow up in such a culturally diverse area. Yeah. And I, I think for me and like, just the black community and Asian community, there's a lot of fucking similarities. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's unreal how similar we are. Absolutely. You know, it's crazy. Like, number one, if you beat your kids, that's a similarity. You know what's funny? Like, I had a stand-up set one time, and I didn't... So at the time, we're pulling up. I just plugged the address to the GPS. I didn't know where I was going. We pull into this Korean church, and I was like, that's odd. Like, I, It was a conference, but I didn't realize, like... It was at a Korean church. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe it's just at this church. So I see a lot of Honda Civics with spoilers and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's an unusual amount of like yeah. Civics and stuff. But I'm like, ah, it's no big deal. And I go in, it's like 600 Asian people, right? High school, college. And I'm like, man, I'm finna bomb. Yeah. Because at the time, a lot of my jokes were about my upgrip, upbringing mm-hmm. being poor. Bro, my first about 15, 20 minutes is about how I grew up poor, family getting beat and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Bro, the audience connected like Easy. you would not believe. I'm like, bro, we literally have the exact same experience. Yeah. We got totally different skin color, everything else. But that experience with our parents was verbatim. Yeah. They were rocking and laughing like black. And also Asian people were like, I was like, are they even going to laugh? Because Asian people are usually more reserved. Yeah. Bro, they had the time of their life. And I'm like, bro, we really grew up the same way exactly because those jokes work. It don't work if you didn't grow up like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of similarities. And we both Shit. be fried chicken. Oh, for sure, dude. black people loved Asian people's fried chicken. So that's the shit I didn't fucking get, right, when I was a kid. So, you know, when you just grow up in a black community, a lot of these stereotypes and a lot of these racial words you don't hear until you're not around black people. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. For yeah. example, I didn't know about, I didn't know the word spook was a was a racial black term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only yeah. heard about that shit when I went to college. I was yeah. like, what's that? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Because black people don't call each other spooks. No. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, there's some, there's some crazy ass yeah, words like that's that. that's the white people stuff. Yeah, there's some white people shit out there. <laughs> right, but then right, like, right. I remember just like the fried chicken joke and the watermelon joke didn't make sense because that's what Korean people love. Yeah. Korean oh, people really? love, when you're, when you're, when you have your, it's called a Peggy, it's like your 100 day mm-hmm. when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you have a fat fucking watermelon in front of you. Word. Yeah. I, I didn't know I, I, that. Got a, I got a picture with me as a kid with a fucking fat watermelon in front of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the Koreans' number one drunk food is fried chicken and beer. No way. Yeah. So that's Ludacris' album. Yeah. Exactly. So I, like, this is our stuff. So I was like, are black people trying to take a Korean stereotype? I was like, what are they trying to do right now? That's our shit. But it's uh, but it's just something that people use to make fun of black folk. But I'm like, who doesn't like fried chicken? Every that's why I never understood that. Everyone likes fried chicken. Yeah. Like, is that the worst stereotype? Like, who don't like fried chicken? Yeah. Just vegans. Yeah. But people who like meat usually like fried chicken. It's an American thing. Yeah. Watermelon, too. Most people like yeah, Who the watermelon. fuck doesn't like watermelon, right. dude? Are you out of your why, goddamn mind? Like, you don't like, never done nothing to nobody. Something. If you don't like fried chicken and watermelon, you're a rapist, dude. How about that? How about that? You, you belong in jail, you sick fuck. I'll put it out there. Put that on a billboard right oh now. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. <laughs> I never understood those stereotypes, man. Oh, yeah. it, it, it was it was interesting though, man. Like uh, especially well, you did, you said you grew up all over the place because you were in the military. Yeah, Your yeah. yeah. Military. My dad's in the military, so I grew up. Well, first, my first ten years were in El Paso, and so I grew up around ninety seven percent Hispanic people. I used huh. to speak Spanish pretty well because yeah, and I fell out of it because I I moved around. But when I was a kid, you were taught it in school, and then literally all my friends spoke Spanish, so I was always speaking Spanish, and it was great because you had to make. 
you know, regular kids have burgers and hot dogs at school lunch in El Paso. It's it's taquitos, nachos, quesadillas, like all Mexican food. So that first 10 years was was bliss. So I went from that to like I remember when my dad, when we were moving to North Carolina, we lit, went drove through Atlanta and I'd never seen that many black people like outside of my church. Like I had a small church, maybe 60 people. And that was the most black people I saw. But in Atlanta, like the f- pilots were black, the flight attendants were black, everybody who worked in restaurants was black. And I was like, yo, we really out here. Like, I did not know black people would be out here like that. So they move around military bases, it's obviously like more diverse than most of America, but still like a lot of white people. So that military base um, growing up really impacted who I was because you, you move around so much that you really are either extremely extroverted or extremely introverted. Because yeah. you gotta you gotta learn to make friends fast and your friends like all my friends in a three year period, they all come there. You have like maybe eighteen months where you're all chilling and then people start moving. You know what I mean? <laughs> so my kids like they've had the same friends since like first grade, third yeah. grade, because we moved here finally and they've been going to the same school. Like I even before my parents were in the my dad was in the military because my parents got married when I was like seven or ten. When you're poor, we moved around a lot. You just like rent gets high and all that type of stuff. So I always moved around a lot. So my kids being in the same school, same friends, like a little girl who liked my son since he was like in second grade. And now wow. they're going into eighth grade. And I'm like, man, I don't even know. I didn't even like, know anybody. Like? Yeah, like y'all known each other since you were in second grade. Or people like, remember in movies when they like put the little like, this is how tall Timmy was when he was mm-hmm. five and 13. Like, bro, we first of all, we couldn't ride on the walls. Second of all, we never stayed in no place long enough to do that. We weren't like nobody owned homes. Like yeah. not a lot of people owned homes and stuff like that. So all that stuff was really new to me. So I'm trying to like instill some of that stuff in my kids and stuff. But your you kids know. seem really well rounded, though, man. They, they that were, is the greatest compliment. They they seem very well rounded. Not like, to mess up a whole because when you're a parent, man, you really shape somebody's worldview. Like the way you see the world is more than likely how they see. They're gonna either see it the exact way you do. Or turn 100% and do it the other way. I'm trying to make sure when I have kids, they don't ever hear me speak. <laughs> I, I don't want them to be like me. <laughs> like, I got some harsh-ass opinions about everything. You well, know? They're going to they're gonna be like you. I hope not. Please you be your like wife, your mom. You or your uh, wife. A combination of both is all you can hope for. But one of your kids is going to be all oh, David Jr. Dumbass. Oh, <laughs> you're going to be stupid, dude. I was so dumb as a kid. Like, oh, God. But maybe they'll take after you in later in life. I hope because so. they don't know they don't know young you. They only know you in your current form. Because I see some other people and, and they're so kind and they're very they they know how to speak well without speaking their mind too much, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. Like, man, I wish I could just take a little bit of that. But the first <laughs> thing that comes out of my mouth is like, God damn, you a stupid motherfucker, dude. I just I just want to say it so bad. My friends just had a conversation. They go, dude. If we just had, I just ate before I came here after right. I trained, and he was telling me, he goes, you know what? Last week, he goes, I know there's something very interesting about you. He goes, I could tell when you like somebody, you like them, and when you hate them, it's apparent. I'm the same way. He goes, he goes, you, this dude was talking to you, and you just went. <laughs> he goes, you wear it all on your sleeve. Yeah, it's, it's like tough, man. And he goes, he goes, and I, t- I was telling him I do that because if I say something, I'm gonna say something rude to him. Right. So I'd rather just be quiet. And just let him speak, you know. Just the let fact him. that he saw you probably go like this. He just he said he saw me melting like like a fucking ice cream cone in midsummer. Just start just just disintegrating. Like, please get this guy to shut the fuck up. And man. your kids will notice that about you. Like my kids know when I'm like a fan meets me and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
they'll notice when I fake laugh, mm-hmm. fake smile. They're like, you didn't really want to take that picture. <laughs> I mean, bro, shut up. I'm yeah. like, how do you know? They're like, we've been around you, bro. We can tell when you re- like when you take a picture with your friend. You take a picture with a fan, it ain't the same, yeah. man. You be you fake laughing, man. You, my oldest be like, he be on me, like, your fans deserve better, man. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve better from you. Yo, you know who's really good at that shit? Tim is the best at interacting with fans. Oh, yes. Tim will go out of his way, yes. make eye contact with somebody to make sure that they know who he is. <laughs> really? Like, I feel weird about that. You know why I feel weird about that? Because I feel like I don't deserve that type of praise. Me too. I feel I do not deserve you coming up to me and saying that I'm a good person because right. I, I feel so undeserving. Right. You know? So it's not anything to do with you. It's not that I'm not appreciative. It makes me feel like with, I can't, I feel like I'm sucking my own dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I just, ne- like, I, you, you can tell when somebody recognizes you, yeah. but I never want to be like, ah, oh, you know me, don't you? Because yeah. I always have this fear that we're like, no, no, I, I wasn't even looking at you. And I'm like, yeah. oh, like, I don't ever want to feel like that guy who, like, ah, you know me. So yeah. I'd rather you come up and say, hey, Kev, love, you want to take a picture than to me to, to be the one to do that. Because it feels very, like, self-serving to me. I, I learned a big lesson, too, where um, <clears throat> I used to hate this thing where, there's like, 99% of the time when somebody comes up to me, you'll get a picture and everything. But there's, mm-hmm. like, a 1% where I don't want it because maybe I'm not having a good day yep, or I'm yep. spending time with my lady. Which is I, possible. Which is possible. But people don't like that prospect. No. They think, oh, you think you're better. It's like, no, you just happen to be in that 1% where I just didn't feel it today. Like, yes. I'm a human being. Yes. But check this shit out. I heard the story about Will Smith, a buddy of mine, used mm-hmm. to work at Interscope. And when he was working at Interscope, Will Smith got off his phone a business call to come up to him and say hi to him and take a picture with him, have like a five minute conversation, got back on his phone. And I was like, wow, wow if Will Smith is doing that, who the fuck do I think I am? Like, I'm a piece of shit. I got to really reevaluate my life. I really ain't shit fucking Will Smith. Yeah, he's that. He's, that makes me feel awful. Yeah. Because sometimes they catch you like, like I, the worst time for me is if I like just taking a red eye and you catch me in the airport and I'm not even like, you fly from you know LA to Atlanta and you're walking around at 6.30, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning to your body. Yep. And people catch you, they're like, oh, you don't seem to be in a good mood. It's like, I'm not. Yeah. I haven't even slept on, I slept on a plane, which is already trash. It feels like 3 o'clock in the morning, but the sun is shining. You all happy and cheery. Like, that is a tough spot. And that's yeah. when people catch me and I'm the worst off. But most of the time, I want to have a good interaction because I don't want people to be on Twitter like, I've been following you for 10 years and you were a jerk to me. Man, I would be, be tired. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, one time it was weird. We flew to Cleveland and a fan was like, had come there and like looked at the flights and was like, they're probably going to be on this 8 30 flight what? from LA. And she got dressed, she had makeup on, and she waited for the like, when you come out of security before you go to baggage claim. And she was like, I knew you guys were on that flight. Can I take a picture? I've been here for two hours hoping you guys were on that flight. And I studied the airline stuff to make sure that you guys were probably going to be here. You I were going to die that day. Bruh. She was going to kill you. She was going to chop off your ear like Van Gogh and put that in a box. And that shit would have been game over for you. I was you. like, bro, there's no one on earth I would ever spend that much time researching. A hundred percent. I love Will Smith, Denzel, would never in a million years ever do that. Even if I knew they were coming, like, Isn't nah. that crazy how much you affect somebody's life, though? Yes. Like, you were probably there for her at a time where shit was going dark, and you yes. made her laugh. And that's what thing like, that's different about us versus, like, the Will before he got on Instagram or Denzel. Like, if you're, like, a Idris Elba fan, like, he's your favorite, you watch everything he does, it's a movie maybe two a year, and then, like, a six-week promo period. That's yeah. all you can see. If you're a fan of mine or yours, you can watch a video every day your Instagram, your Twitter, your stories, like that's a lot more of you to consume. So when they see you, 
they feel like I know you because I watched all your videos. And that's if you think about it, we put out much more content than oh, they 100%. have. 100%. Hours and hours and hours for years. Like, Will didn't make a movie for like two or three years. Yeah. We, if you, you take one year off, you still have two more years mm-hmm. on Will Smith. You know, I mean, when you come back, it's, you know, the engine's back on. So people have consumed a lot more content. Yeah. And so they're, they're like, when they see you, that's, that's it. This is my only chance. Like, people yeah. don't realize how rude they come off sometimes. I remember I was in New Orleans talking to my sister. We were at a club and she had a drink in her hand. I was like, what's in your drink? And a girl came up and pushed her. Was like, what? excuse me, Kev, I'm a bit like literally with her elbow, like pushed my sister. My sister is the youngest one. She was like super black. She had braids. She like, you know, like I could see her out of the corner of my head. It's like where they snatched the attitude oh, in the scenario. Bruh, she was livid. And I'm like, this person does not understand how rude. Yeah, that was so. I tried to defuse the situation because I knew my sister was about to go off. So I was yeah. like, "Ah, oh, man, that's the sister I don't care about anyway." And then yeah. she apologized to her, but people don't know or they don't care. They just they got to take advantage of it that moment. And, and I get that, but it's sometimes they get they put excited you in, and yeah, they act really weird. I I've, I've definitely had situations where well, this is like the worst thing that has ever happened. I was talking on the phone uh, with either was it my mom or was it Mariel? I, either way, I can't remember, but it was a serious conversation. It was mm. with my mom. Very serious conversation. Yeah. And somebody rolled up in a car. And number one is a dude who knows who I am, but he's acting like he doesn't know who I am, which, uh. is, ir- which is the most irritating, right? Uh. So it's like I'm on the phone, and I'm sitting on a curb. Very serious conversation. The guy rolls up in his car. He goes, hey, I know you from somewhere. And I, and I go, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm on a, I'm on a serious phone call real quick. Just give me a second, right? Mm-hmm. And I was talking on the phone. He goes, hey, hey, real quick. Hey, man, say something funny. And mind you, I'm already having a very irritating conversation. I was like, bro, I'm on the phone. Can you give me a second, right? He goes, oh, you too good for me and shit? Oh, and then I, I literally went down and I walked up to his floor. I was like, I will fuck you up, dude. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I just started going off, right? I was like, yo, get the fuck out the car. I will oh fuck God. you up. And I just got fucking mad. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry, man. And I was like, then what the fuck are you going to do, man? Uh, it's like, because you were talking to me like you wanted to scrap. Right. I was like, okay, I guess we're going to have to fucking scrap now. Yes. I'm going to be on YouTube as the guy right. that beat up beat up a fan. <laughs> right. That's what ADD fans are like. Oh, my God. Because so roasting mean. is so popular. Yeah. They don't know you, but they feel like they do. So they walk up and insult you. Like that used to happen to us all the time. That shit's terrible. What up, you milk dud head boy, old ball headed? Like, bro, I don't know you like that. Bro, I'll fight you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine doing that to somebody you don't know? Like, you're not going to expect them to be, oh, what up, my boy? Nah, bro, who who you think you're talking to? Yeah. Like, I, and when I'm roasting, I'm roasting my boys. Exactly. You are a stranger. Like, we laughing off camera. Like, I don't know you. Yeah. But they feel like because they watch hours and hours of that content that, I do know you. And in some ways they do if you're really who you are on social media. But that doesn't mean I know you. Like yeah. personally, you know what I'm saying? You're a stranger to me. So people don't understand that. Yeah. Though. And it's funny because that dude wrote something on Twitter uh, oh, yeah. about it. And then I responded back to him. And I remember because uh, he responded respond back to him. I was like, no, I'll tell you what the real story is. And then yeah. people started getting on him. It's like, no, you were disrespectful. Yeah. And then he deleted his tweet. Of course. It's like, it's like bro, people don't want that heat. Yeah. They don't. They want to page. That's what I'm talking about. That interaction where he was clearly the rude one of this interaction. Yeah. He going to go online and try to make you the bad guy. A hundred. There was another person, too, who was talking all big, saying that they said some shit to me. Me of all people. So she she was saying that. Well, he he was saying that he was talking some shit to me and I didn't say anything at all. Yeah. Right. And this is somebody that I know. Oh, snap. <clears throat> right. And uh, he went back home and he was telling people that 
oh, that I'm Mr. Hollywood and I wasn't saying shit to him when he was talking shit to me. Yeah, I was yeah, like, hold yeah. on a second. Me not talk back? Right. That's a part of my branding. <laughs> right. That what do you mean? That don't even sound like you at all. And so I assume that he said this in like a drunken stupor with like a group of our you know, friends or associates or whatever, yeah. right? But no, he was telling that story to individual people and it came back to me and they were saying like, yo, did he say this, this, and that? He's been saying this and that about you. He goes, is this true? Because it doesn't sound like you. Right. I was like, well, you guys are smart. Right. Because I'm no, no way I'm going to let this fucking dweeb outwardsmith me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was like, you have fucking got, you are out of your fucking mind. Yeah, and so yeah, I yeah. went back recently and I was like, yo, let's meet up and talk about this. Not in a fight type of way, but right. it was like, let's, what, what's your problem with me? Right, he right. Goes, oh, no, it's not like that. Like, I think they got the story twisted. I was like, that's funny because then four or five people got the story twisted then. Twisted exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Like they all got it twisted in this exact way. That means you probably was telling that story like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, what does that do for you? And I thought we were friends, bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? But then, you know, I, one of my friends put it to me like this. He goes, you know, it's, 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 it's a situation where somebody doesn't feel good about their life. Oh, so whenever man. you're doing well, and, you know, for a majority of our friends, we're really proud of you. Right. But there are a few select people that will say bad things about you because yes. things aren't going well in their life. People project on you positively or negatively. Yeah. They're either enjoying you and your trips and all that stuff. Or they're like, who do you think he is? He ain't better than me. Like, either way, they're projecting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough game, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. We, we we got through this podcast like nothing. Usually these hey, podcasts, run, they hour run a, and 30 minutes hour already? Hour and 30 minutes. I feel like I keep going, but. Wow. You know, we, Have me back on again, man. Yo, let's get it, man. Let's do it. Yeah. This was fun. Hey, but what can they find you, Kev? Kev on stage on everything. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. See, not that's the TikTok. smart move. I should have kept this as the Davis O'Comedy podcast, <laughs> but I switched it up to Genius Brain. I, I can tell you were just like, I'm Genius Brain all the way. I'm not going back. Exactly. And I fucked up. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm about this shit. And then I look back. I was like, I need to change this shit back. I fucked it all up. Nobody gives a fuck about it. They're like, who's genius brain? I was like, oh, I forgot to tell people. That's the thing I fucked up. I forgot to tell people. I just, oh, I just uploaded man. it and they're like, who the fuck is this? And I lost like 10,000 subscribers. I was like, hold on a second. Oh, I didn't tell people snap. I was doing this, did I? And I was like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. I was like, oh, God, David, you're an idiot. You'll get him back, man. Yeah, it's You'll all good, man. But Kev on stage on everything. Appreciate Remember, you, you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, any type of audio platform, iTunes podcast. Leave in the comments below what you think about Kev and everything that he's saying. You know I'm the biggest fan of this guy ever. Thank you. Guy's the Thank funniest you. motherfucker on earth. Next year when you do a stand-up special. I'm, I'm going to have you pull up. I'm about, I'm about to I'm about to throw my underwear at you, bro. <laughs> and I, I'm a big boy too. That shit's about to come down like a parachute. <laughs> what the fuck is that That's big ass cloud coming just down? Coming down slow, like what? Like, what the fuck? I know, it's like a fucking rising sun on it and shit. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll see y'all next time. All right, man, Peace. appreciate y'all.